Good morning, church. May the grace and peace of the risen Christ be with you. Welcome to worship at Pendleton Center United Methodist Church, especially all of those of you who are joining us online, as well as all of you who are joining us in the sanctuary. It's always a joy to be able to lift our voices, lift our hearts in praise to God. Amen. And as we come this week, we are continuing our journey through a series called Standing on the Promises. Standing on the Promises. And as you think of all the promises that God has made to you, what does that do to your heart and soul? What does it do to your heart and soul to know that God has promised things to you? So with that on your heart and that on your mind, I invite you to take a moment, share the peace of Christ that is flowing through you today. Just look around or maybe even get up if you're so inspired and just wish everybody the peace of Christ as you greet them. And so now let us come before God together in a time of prayer. The Lord tells us many good things. The world tells us that we need things to be whole. They would have us believe that there's nothing we can do when circumstances are overwhelming. But Jesus promises that we can receive what we ask in prayer. The world tells us that we have to wear ourselves out with work in order to have value. But Jesus promises that if we come to him when we are weary, he will give us rest. The world seems big and powerful. The world tells us to be afraid. But Jesus tells us that everything is possible for the one who believes. We will stand on the promises of God. Now let's ready to lift our hearts in praise together as we sing to God. Good morning, everybody. I got a little slip of paper last week from one of our congregation members with a very nice verse on it from Psalm chapter 69, verse 30, that said, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. And in this time of thanksgiving, we think about those promises that God has made to us. And this first hymn, Lord, whose love through humble service talks about the servanthood of Christ, but also goes on to tell us what we can do to fulfill those promises that we make to God. So I invite you to stand as we sing, Lord, whose love through humble service.
For those of you who do not know me, my name is Olive Burbage. I came to Pendleton Center United Methodist Church when my husband John and I built our first home on Bear Ridge Road about 70 years ago. Back then, the church sat on top of the hill at Bear Ridge and Meyer Road. It was a small and friendly, and we quickly felt at home there. My husband became the church treasurer, along with our dear friend, Jeanette Bush. They would balance the books until they found a missing penny. I joined the adult choir and played the piano for the youth choir, often picking up the neighborhood kids to bring them along to practice on Wednesday nights. I also made many dear friends in the women's society, like Jane Jenks, Sherry Duchere, and Jane McMorris, to name just a few. We had wonderful pastors and wonderful people that became our closest friends and church family. Our three children grew up in the church, learning about God, and were influenced by many of these wonderful people. When my husband became sick in his 40s, was the church trustee and our friend Bob Burtonberger would stop in and ask what we needed. He, and he had his own family of three girls, but took the time to build a ramp to our house for John's wheelchair and many other things. Many of our church friends would visit John, the Bushes and Wurtenbergers. You might recognize because their children and grandchildren still attend here. After John passed about 40 years ago, I became involved in more church activities. Often things you give your time to, God gives you back multiple and blessings. When Lynn Jacobs started the preschool here about 30 years ago, I had the joy of playing piano for the children and even my own grandson when he attended. I continued playing until just recently when COVID changed things. I've met so many wonderful people through preschool, including Heather Minor and many others. I also enjoyed the piano for nursing homes, played the piano there and the church's services at DeGrave Hospital. And I'm blessed by Mike Clifford and others' sermons. It's such a joy to see the people light up when they hear a familiar hymn. Some of them barely talk, but remember the first words to each hymn. I also had the joy of playing piano for the vacation Bible school programs for years. My great-granddaughters even came all the way from Florida to attend a couple times. I'm very thankful that my young friend Adrian has the patience with my forgetfulness. He reminds me of when I'm supposed to come and what songs to play. The church was a big part of my family. The members supported my grandson on his mission trip to Russia. One of my grandsons even married a girl from our church. Years ago, the church started a shepherding program and I sent many cards and notes to my sheep. Again, I was blessed by making many more close friends who I know would also be there for me if I needed them. I became especially close to the Fulby and Wazewa's families. I was honored to be invited to graduation parties and even a few 
weddings. I love to greet people and send cards. That's how I got to know such wonderful people like the Putneys, the Inverts, the Andersons, the Ambroskis, and so many, many more. I'm 95 now, a bit hard of hearing and forgetful, so I know you'll forgive me if I didn't mention your name. You are all important to the life of this church and are a blessing to others. I would like to close with a picture of what happened on Easter morning, 2020, when our church wasn't allowed to open. This is what I found on my driveway that morning. Thank you, my dear friends. help when I am 95. I have half of those accomplishments, Ollie. Thank you for sharing with us. All the rules and laws of our faith can be summed up in the law of love for God and for one another. Everything that we do hangs on that law of love. And here at Pendleton United Methodist Church, we bring life into ministry. We offer hospitality we build community, we act in compassion, we do justice work, and in all these things, we worship and love God, and we offer that love to our neighbor. That is what this ministry and our gifts are about. All of it hangs on that love. So let us take time to pray and prayerfully consider our gifts and offer them to God in gratitude and praise.
Today, O oh Lord, we offer you our sacrifice of time, energy, and love, knowing full well that they are just tokens of the awesome faith that you inspire within us. Accept these gifts that they may continue the good work in your name, in our church, in our community, and throughout the world. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. So I know we haven't done a time of sharing for the pastoral prayers for a while. So I'm asking this morning if anybody has any concerns or any joys that they would like to lift up. Yes, Carol. Do we have any other? Yeah, Becky.
Pastor Bob was here last night. He is recovering. He's still tired, so we want to keep his continued healing in our prayers. Okay. Please join me in prayer. Gracious God, today we remember. We remember why we come to your house. We come to learn, to come together, to worship you. We praise you, the source of all things good, and we seek to live in Christ's example and to live with purpose, to live well in this complicated world. As we look to you, holy God, we remember our priorities. We remember the image of Christ who called us to love one another, even our enemies, with the love that transforms. We remember that we're called to live lives that exemplify you through our worship and our care for our neighbors. As we come to you today, we lay down the burdens of care and worry on our hearts so that we can move forward with a joyfulness and song. Hear all that we carry and guide us to fullness, O God. Give us the courage to live well, to live lovingly, to live honestly and openly with our brothers and sisters. The world gives us examples of caring that are just skin deep, but we long for better. We long for more than the ordinary, more than lukewarm, more than the mediocre. We want to truly be your people, people of honesty, accountability, people that shine with your love. Help us, O oh God, to live lovingly, not just living to be nice. We praise your name and help us build walls that separate us from you, from one another, and from the world. Sometimes we're placing stumbling blocks in the way of goodness and truth. We confess our imperfections and seek solace in you. Teach us to pray and praise without pause confessing hope ceaselessly. Guide us in our efforts to encourage one another to work together for good in the world and to prepare for the day of the Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Today's scripture is from Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. Brothers and sisters, we have confidence that we can enter the Holy of Holies by means of Jesus' blood through a new and living way that he opened up for us through the curtain, which is his body and we have a great high priest over God's house. Therefore, let's draw near with a genuine heart, with the certainty that our faith gives us, since our hearts are sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies are washed with pure water. Let's hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering because the one who made the promises 
is reliable. And let us consider each other carefully for the purpose of sparking love and good deeds. Don't stop meeting together with other believers, which some people have gotten into the habit of doing. Instead, encourage each other, especially as you see the day drawing near. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me, please? Loving God, we give you thanks for this moment. As we have come together in praise and in worship, and we have opened our hearts and souls to you, Lord, we pray that you would move among us now. Move among us and kindle a new fire. Burn brightly in us and send us into the world on fire with your word, that we may be difference makers as you have made a difference in us. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, we pray. Amen. So most of us, I would presume, understand that our words and actions matter. Amen? That we spend a lot of time over the course of our lives trying to make sure that we follow through, that we come through, that when we say something, we do that thing, and that when people think of us, when people come to us, they trust that what we say, we will do. Amen? I mean, we work hard at it. Now, speaking of someone who has not had the best season of that in the past few months, that's an important thing to make sure you keep in front of you. We all want to be people of good reputation. We all want to be people of integrity. We all want to be people who are thought of well. And so, we do what we say, and we mean what we say. Amen? So when something comes up and a person decides to add a little piece to it, when someone says, well, I'm going to do this thing, and they don't only say they're going to do this thing, but they add the idea that I promise. I promise. That like kicks it to a whole nother level. Because we already have a certain degree of trust. We already have a certain degree of faith. But then we say, I promise. And then we feel like, well, that just takes it even further. The idea that you can exhale, the idea that you can let go of any doubt, any question, this thing is going to happen the way it said it's going to happen. That's a powerful thing to add, that's a powerful thing to say, and it's a powerful thing to mean. Think about when you use the word. As we said, we know our words and our actions matter. So when you turn to somebody and say, I promise, then you understand what kind of weight you've put behind what you've just said. When someone says it to you, Do you go to that place where you really can exhale and trust with all the things that matter that what was said is going to happen? 
Because that takes you to a place of peace. That takes you to a place of ease. And you know that you are in a safe place. That's really an important thing to remember. Especially when you consider the context of the series we're in. Because when you hear the idea of standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises of God. If you can feel that way when a person makes a promise to you, how then should you feel if God makes a promise to you? And if you think about standing on those promises, then there should be more of that sense of peace, more of that sense of ease, more of that sense of trust, and more of that unshakable knowledge that what's going to happen is going to happen. But we still are human. We still have those moments. And we don't quite stand on those promises with that same degree of my back is straight, my eyes are clear, and I'm looking forward into the world because I know where I stand. But that's what we're trying to get to, right? That's really where we want to be if we're going to stand on the promises. And this message that we hear today, this story, reminds us of that. Because the writer of Hebrews is trying to get a group of people to remember what they have been promised. And not only remember what they have been promised, but who made that promise. When we think about Hebrews, we don't really know who the author is. Now, there's some argument that it might have been Paul, but there's a whole lot of argument that it wasn't him. And when we look at the time frame, we're not entirely sure when it was written, but most scholarship points to the years in the 60s, where the young church was being persecuted pretty mightily by the Romans and other powers. And that being said, what was happening is groups of believers were having second thoughts. People were like, well, this road that I'm walking, this whole thing that I've signed on for, it's not as easy as I thought. It's not as going as well as I might have hoped. And so I wonder if because it's a little rough, because it's a little tough, maybe I should go back to what's easy. I should go back to what's familiar. And so, the writer of this book is trying to tell this audience, says, you need to understand something. You need to remember something. You need to hear this loud and clear. Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Jesus is better than what you were used to. Jesus' way is better than the old way. And you need to hang on even though the moment is hard. You see, he's writing to this group, and he's trying to get them to remember, and he goes into a long list of historical lessons. He talks about Melchizedek, for example, who was a revered figure in Jewish history, and says, Jesus is better. He talks about the patriarchs. He talks about Abraham. He talks about Moses and that great cloud of witnesses, and he says all the faithful things that they had done. God recognized that good faith, and even in recognizing all that good faith, Jesus is better. 
And you think about the old ways. The idea of having to come up to the temple every day and drop your sheep or sacrifice this bull or sacrifice these doves because you knew you'd messed up. And you'd go out and you would do these things and you would do your best, but you knew you messed up. You'd pay for your sacrifice, you'd go out, you'd live another day, and you'd have to come back because you knew you messed up again. <laughs> and that cycle would just go and go and go and go. And Jesus is better. <laughs> because we don't have to think like that anymore. And that's why this message becomes so important. Because he spends the chapter 10 all of this talking about that idea of sacrifices. And he says, you know, that sacrificing of bulls and sacrificing of other stuff, you know what that's like, and you know it didn't work. And we went through all of that. And now, remember that there was a time when the high priest used to be able to go into the Holy of Holies. And he had to go through all this stuff, and he had to go through all these rules, and he could only do it once a year. Because God was very clear that if you're going to come into my presence, you're going to have to have your stuff together. And even he couldn't do it. But Jesus is better. And that's where we come to this. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus... By a new and living way that he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our faith because he who promised is faithful. Hear that last verse again. Let us hold fast to the confession of our faith because he who promised is faithful. You remember that God has made you some promises. And as I said, if your back straightens up and you exhale and you can go through the world because you trust the promises of people, what should it do to you when you stand in the promises of God? He who promised is faithful. Has God ever broken a promise to you? Search back in your life and see if and where God has broken a promise. Now, hear me well. God may not have shown up when you thought God was going to show up, but that's not breaking the promise. God may not have done exactly what you asked for, but that's not breaking the promise. God may not have given you what you wanted, but God showed up, took care of you, and has still got you in the very palm of his hand. God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. And knowing that the one who promised is faithful, what does that do to your heart and soul as you move 
through this life. Because when we start to doubt, when we start to get shaken, when we start to get afraid, we need to remember that Jesus has made us some promises. Do you remember that when you feel like you have messed up beyond all messing up, that you have done it again and you can never be feed. Remember, when Jesus says, he who comes to me, I will never turn away. When the world is beating you up and you feel tired and the load just feels too much to carry, do you remember that Jesus says, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Do you remember when the world starts to get you afraid of all the things that can go wrong. You look at your circumstances, you look at your situations, and you think, there is no way I can deal with this. Do you remember that you follow a Savior who has said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Do you, in those times, when the darkness starts to creep in and you start to fear what might come next. Maybe you see a loved one at the end of their earthly journey. And do you remember what he told you? I go and I prepare a place for you. And I will come back for you so that you can be where I am. Do you remember in those times when you feel isolated? You feel separated. You feel far apart. That he has said, it's good that I go away because I will send the comforter to you. The world doesn't see him or understand him, but you will know him. He has made you very real promises. And in those promises and in your moments, can you remember to stand on the promises of God. Because when you stand in those promises, the world doesn't look so big. The world doesn't look so scary. Those valleys don't feel so dark. Those mountains don't feel so high. Because you know he who promised is faithful. Don't forget, not only has God made promises to you, but you've made a couple promises to God too. Whether you did it at a baptism, at a confirmation, or when you became a member, there's a whole lot of I wills, there's a whole lot of I do's in there. <laughs> Those are promises we make back to God. And lest we forget how hard we said we work to be people who can keep their word, who keep their promises. Don't forget what it means to keep your promises to God. And if you need a reminder and if you need to be more inspired, remember, he has never failed you. He has always kept his promises to you. And yes, we are not perfect. We know we mess up. Things fall through the cracks. 
We get distracted. We get busy. But he who promised is faithful. And even in your imperfection, even in your letting him down from time to time, his love is real. His love for you is unshakable. And he will keep his promises. So when you stand, stand tall. Stand proud and stand immovable because he on, what you, on which you stand is faithful. Live like it. Live like you believe the promises you've been given. Because if you believe in the promises of men, how much more should you believe in the promises of God? Amen and amen. Loving and gracious God, thank you so much for your word that you have shown us that you are indeed faithful in spite of the ways we have not always been faithful to you. Let us walk in the way you lay before us. Let us face what comes in this life and on this journey. Let us continue to move in love and assured of your grace and power because we know what you have promised. And we know what you have promised us as well as what we have promised you. And let us strive to be faithful, faithful as Jesus has shown himself faithful to us. In his name we pray, amen. As we have so wonderfully been reminded of God's faithfulness to us, we come to this table, this place where we are reminded most intimately of God's promise to us, of Jesus' promise sitting around the table with the disciples, promising that they would be fed for the journey promising week after week after week after week. Wherever you've been, come. Wherever you're going, come. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the very breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity. You made covenant to be our sovereign God and spoke to us through your prophets who looked for that day when justice would roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, when nations shall not lift up sword against nation, and neither shall they learn war anymore. And so, with all your people on earth and all the company of heaven, 
We praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, release to the captives, sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, ate with sinners, and by the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church and delivered us from our sins and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. At his ascension, you exalted him to sit with you at your right hand. And so, on the night in which he gave himself up for you, for me, for us, he took bread. He gave thanks to God who had given all that it took to create it. And he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat this. My body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me and what I bring to you. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to God for the fruit of the vine, and said, Take and drink from this, each and every one of you. All are welcome to drink from this cup, remembering that Jesus' blood was shed for us, that we might be forgiven, that the days that we don't meet our promises to God are behind us. And today is a new day when we are forgiven by his body and by his blood. And so, in remembrance of these, the mighty acts that God has done in Jesus Christ. We offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on all of us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world, the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church. All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Hear us now as we join together in the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Would the servers please join us? The table is prepared. Please, as you are led, come and receive everyone. Everyone is welcome at this table. And if you are not able to come to us, let us come to you. Please, I invite you. Gluten-free over here, and the other two stations will have bread with gluten in them, and you are all welcome.
Each week before communion, we finish by saying Christ will come again when we go from unbelief to faith in Christ. God's promise is that he won't leave us the same, that we will be changed and transformed and ready when Christ comes that day. And that place that he's prepared for us, we will be able to walk into because he's taking us from glory to glory. I invite you to stand as we sing our closing song.
So we heard it in our lesson today that we can enter the Holy of Holies with boldness. We heard it in our lesson today that we can hold on to the faith we profess without wavering. And we heard it in our lesson today that we can encourage one another on to good deeds because the one who promised us is faithful. Let's go and live like it. Now in the name of God, our creator and king, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our savior, in the name of the Holy Spirit, our counselor and our sustainer, may God bless us now as we leave to love and serve God and all God's children. Amen.